Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. We're honored that you are joining us today. Wherever you are listening from around the world, I think we're in a little over 155 nations right now. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, But we're glad that you're tuning in, whether you're listening to us years later in the archives. Wow. Praise the Lord. Our prayer for you is that you would hear something today some sort of strategy you'd be motivated in some way uh that it'd just be what you need to get out there and and get some stuff done for jesus hallelujah he's working in you friend i believe it and uh send us your testimonies of the exploits that you are doing you and jesus we'd love to celebrate those and uh praise god along with you all right let's jump into our topic today we're going to pick up on our thought here from the last couple weeks the blessed hope And uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. There's a phrase in here that we want to jump on. Part of the blessed hope is his appearing. Part of the blessed hope includes our harpazo, our rapture. Uh, You know, we haven't been uh, destined or ordained uh, to wrath and so, you know, that's talking about the, the tribulation, okay, Jacob's trouble. Some, some people refer to, refer to it as the great tribulation. The Bible says there will be no days like it, no tribulation or trouble previous, none after will be um, compared to those years of the tribulation. So we haven't been appointed to wrath, okay? We don't have an appointment to wrath. So part of our blessed hope, is our rapture okay part of the blessed hope is us being caught up in the air with him and being changed okay our bodies being changed but uh, another part of the blessed hope is the full glorification of the church now right here in ephesians chapter 5 it says that he might sanctify verse 26 that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the words talking about the church here okay metaphorically the bride the body that he might present her to himself a, right here, glorious church. This is part of the blessed hope. There is a progression of glory. We're going to look at that here in just a moment. The Bible tells us that. But the full glorification is in light of his appearing. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Flip over there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being constantly transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and right here from one degree of glory to another okay so this is um, some Bible set glory to glory so there is a progression of glory we've been teaching on this for several years now this is uh, woven into you know several of our podcasts, even our ministry here uh, at the church, we have talked on this extensively. We go from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength, grace upon grace. So there's a progression of sorts like that. And here we actually see that verse. 
So there is this glorification that is taking place, but then there is kind of the capstone of the finished work of that, and that happens at his appearing. When he appears in light of him, okay, in light of his reflection, when we see him as he is, there will be such a radiant glory that reflects on us that that brings us into the full manifestation of glorification. Now, uh, right now, we're beholding him in his word. We're not seeing him face to face yet. We're beholding him in his word right now. And uh, still, when we look into that word, the word is doing something. The word's working. The word is doing this cleansing. The word is causing this glorification to take place on the inside of us. This is why we stay with the word right now. And uh, um, uh, we don't want to get off of that word because then we'll get off of our trajectory here. We'll pull away from that work of glorification that is taking place. And we don't want to do that. We want to be ready at his appearing for that final work. Hallelujah. All right, so this is a part of the blessed hope, the glorification. Now, you can see this progression of glory, again, as we behold him through his word. That's how we're uh, viewing him right now. We don't see him face to face yet, but through his word, we see him, we behold him, and the word is doing that work. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. It says, for now we see dimly in a mirror. Here's another reference. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see him face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know him just as I am known. The Amplified Classic says, for now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim or a blurred reflection of reality, as in a riddle or an enigma. (laughs) That's what they add. But then when perfection comes, this is at his appearing, but then we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. Second Corinthians 5, 4 says, for while we are still in this tent, we groan under the burden and we sigh deeply the amplified says we're weighed down we're oppressed now this isn't talking about um, necessarily demonic oppression although it probably could include that but he's talking about this physical body is tethered to this natural realm there is no escaping this natural realm as long as the spiritual condition of mortality is associated with this and it is physically. Now, inwardly, you and I have been born again. We're united with Christ. We are one with him in spirit. The Bible says that we have been given a down payment. We've been given a guarantee. We may look at these verses maybe here in a minute, but inwardly, we've been raised together with him. But outwardly in these physical bodies, that's why we groan because it says to be in the bodies, to be absent from the Lord. We're still groaning until we're released, come on, out of this physical body, which is tethered to this natural realm. Oh, we're wanting to be there with him. We're wanting to be where he is. And soon, friends, we will, soon and very soon, at his appearing, we'll be caught up. We'll be snatched out of here. And in a twinkling, our bodies changed. And guess what? Forever, we will be with him. 
spirit, soul, and body. Right now, we're not geographically with him. You understand that? We're right here on the earth right now. I am not with him in reality right now. In the spirit, I've been betrothed. Um, and through the discerning of spirits, I'm able to see and communicate with him at times. But mainly through the word right now, we are beholding him and we're anticipating his appearing and our gathering unto him. That's part of the blessed hope. All right, so it says, while we're still in this tent, this physical body, we groan under the burden of being tethered to the natural realm. Not that we want to put off the body. And he's now, now he's not talking about the physical body here. He's talking about the uh, inward clothing that we have received. The Amplified adds a little bit of clarity. Uh, clarity says the clothing of the spirit, but rather that we would be f- further clothed so that, uh, so that what is mortal, our dying body, may be swallowed up by life after the resurrection. Hallelujah. Again, why do we groan? What is this groan? In the last couple podcasts, we talked about in Revelation where it says the spirit and the bride say, one translation says cry. We talked about that's the prayer that Holy Spirit is giving the church right now. It's a groan, among other things. There's other intercession, but uh, there's this groan. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The spirit within us is groaning. Come. Why? Because at his appearing, we're released from this bondage of flesh. Hallelujah. This mortal gets swallowed up in immortality. But right now, we're groaning. We're enduring the time between now and his appearing. We're enduring this time that we have to live in these mortal bodies. Again, he says it's not that we want to put off the newness of life on the inside no but rather this groan is to be fully clothed you know this body being exchanged this is part of the blessed hope (laughs) hallelujah oh father we thank you for it so again why do we groan for the full manifestation of the glory of god which is complete at his appearing now i think let me see if i did this in the last couple sessions let me see it may be ahead of me here. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we may come upon it in a minute. But the Bible talks about that the bride is the glory of the husband, or we could say that the body is the glory of the head in the light of the head. This is referring to Jesus Christ. The body reflects that full manifestation. So the full manifestation of the glory cannot come upon the body separate from the head. They're connected. Now there's a progression because we're being changed. We're being transfigured. We are literally being um, um, developed to be his bride and his body. It's from one degree to another. I'm telling you something that's happening in in the church right now. Absolutely glorious, friends. Hallelujah. Oh, in a few short in a few short moments from now, we won't even recognize ourselves. Hallelujah, and neither will the world. Oh, Father, can you can you feel that desire, that groan rising on the inside of you to see this full and complete work? Oh, oh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But the Bible talks about these uh, this uh, mystery that's seen between head, body, husband, wife, and and we're going to see it in fullness when Christ appears because when he is seen 
as he actually is. We don't, not, not just seeing him dimly through his word, but when he appears, we say, that's who we've been fellowshipping with. That's who we've been uh, 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 abiding with, his words abiding in us and us fellowshipping with his word. And, 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 and that image has been growing of who he really is. But when we actually see him for who he is, there's going to be something radiate off of him that's going to be visible within the church. That's glorification. So we may look at a couple verses there. The Bible gives us that picture. Uh, look at 1 John 3, 1. So that glory can only be realized when we see him as he is. Let me give you some verses to back that up. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. But watch this. But it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, meaning in our present state, through our present faculties, we cannot yet begin to comprehend what demands experience to be understood, but experience it we shall, friends. So we have the prophetic promise. That's the hope. We have the prophetic promise that when he is revealed, oh, hallelujah, uh, we shall be like him. That's what the rest of the verse says. It says, but we know when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Again, it has been established prophetically. The word has spoken. It's been declared that when he's revealed, we shall be like him. When he appears, again, our blessed hope in a twinkling, in a nanosecond, in an atomic second, we shall be changed and glorified we shall be. Verse 3 of 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 says, and everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. So prophetically, this is still yet to come, but we have this hope residing in us. The spirit, our spirit is bearing with us. He's returning. Our spirit is agreeing with the word. And we know prophetically speaking that he is going to appear. And when he appears, we shall be changed and we shall be transfigured to be just like him as he is. Now, this hasn't happened yet. And that's what he's saying in verse two. It's not yet, but it shall be. And anyone who is maintaining this hope, uh, protecting this prophetic word, um, enduring until that full day of manifestation, then we live a certain way. We purify ourselves. There is a posture and a conduct that is associated with this hope, and it keeps us pure, keeps us chaste. It keeps us separate from the world because we've been betrothed to somebody. We're not playing around on him. We're not two-timing him. We're not sleeping around with the world. We're not becoming friends with the world. No, in light of this hope, we are purifying ourselves. This is really a holiness message if you think about it. Any other messages that uh, really add in some other nuances that, you know, this is past or it's already happened and that this is the best that you're ever going to be, that you're already in some sort of resurrected or glorified state, that you're already absolutely perfect bodily. What it does is it actually robs you of hope and it opens the door to lawlessness. That's what Jude was saying. They've perverted the gospel of grace. They've perverted the grace of God. 
and they've perverted it in, into ex, in, an excuse for um, lasciviousness, lawlessness, immorality, uh, really in light of a properly, rightly divided, a sound doctrinal layout of the Scripture, it actually produces a godliness and a chaste, a concept that we live pure, separate. We're not indulging in the present age because the Bible says if you indulge in the age now, if you are falling in love with the world or the present age, the Bible makes it very clear that you could totally forfeit. You could disqualify yourself for inheriting this glorification. And listen, friends, you don't want that. You don't want that at all. Second Corinthians 5.5 5. Again, let's reinforce this thought here that we have a down payment. This is still yet to come. And in light of the hope, we're living a certain way. 2 Corinthians 5, 5 says, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. God has prepared this. Who also has given us, watch this, the Spirit as a, let's see, this is the New King James. New King James says, a guarantee. If you look that word up, it's also translated earnest. It's translated down payment. It's also translated pledge. He has uh, pledged something to us. There is a down payment. You and I have been given a promise. It's the born-again spirit is the promise that the full work of glorification, the glorification of our bodies, is going to happen. And he's going to give us a body uh, in which we can dwell with him in eternity. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm not going to go into that today, I don't think. Let me see. Oh, well, yeah, we will, maybe. Because he talks about there's certain um, bodies that are made to dwell in certain realms. All right, we'll get into that in a minute. All right, let's go to um, Romans chapter 8. This is still part of the blessed hope. Romans chapter 8, I've probably hinted on uh, at this in several or the previous couple podcasts on this thought, but let's look at this. Romans 8, verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, he's talking about the sufferings of this present age. Um, the Bible talks about that, and uh, there's several things that we could refer to there, but in, in context with what we're talking about, let's also associate that one of the sufferings that is not part of the substitutionary work of Christ, like we're not suffering under sin, we're not suffering under um, uh, sickness or disease. See, that was part of the substitutionary work. We don't bear or we don't suffer along with the things that Christ was a substitute for. Okay, now there were some sufferings of Christ that we share. The Bible talks about that um, because they are not a part of the substitutionary work. All right, one of the sufferings uh, that we could include in context with what we're talking about is our life uh, in the mortal flesh. Because remember in Galatians uh, was it chapter 4, chapter 5, those couple chapters there, he talks about that the spirit and the flesh, your spirit and your flesh, they're contrary to one another. You live in this tension between 
the lust of the flesh and the desires, the holy desires, because the law of God is written on your hearts, the tablets of flesh of the heart, uh, that there's this tension between what the flesh wants to do and what the spirit man wants to do because the spirit is alive unto God, the flesh is not. So that's what he's talking about. Part of the sufferings is you've got to crucify the flesh, not the spirit. You were born again once. You don't die every day, spiritually speaking, but the flesh has to be put under. Those desires and cravings have to be crucified daily. You have to dominate over the body of mortality that you're living in. And that's part of the sufferings. So he said, we know that these sufferings, they're nothing to be, uh, nothing to be compared to the glory which shall be future revealed in us. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits. Watch this. For the revealing of the sons of God. A lot of teachings in and around this thought here. A lot of people teach immortality in the present age, and they base it off this one verse here. But what does the Bible actually say about this revealing? Let's let's read. For the creation was subjected to fertility, futility, sorry, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself will also be delivered, future, from the bondage of corruption. Here we go, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. Not only that, but we also know and have the first fruits of the Spirit. See, we just read that in 2 Corinthians 5, 5. We have the first fruits of, of the Spirit. We have that down payment. First fruits is a testimony that there is still yet a coming harvest. So we have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption. Here it is right here, the redemption of our bodies. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. All right. Now, this verse is talking about that great work, that finishing glorification, the last piece. Remember, we read that we're being glorified one degree after another. This revealing is that final work, and it is connected with his appearing because at his appearing, when he gathers us to himself, we will see him as he is, and in the light and the reflection of his glory, the sons of God, which we could easily say the bride of Christ, um, the body of Christ, will be caught up, harpazo, it's connected with the rapture, be changed, and in that transfiguring there, there will be a true revealing that even the creation can see. And what is that revealing? It is the sons of God, the bride of Christ, or the body of Christ, the full glorification that's that revealing right there. And that's what we're anticipating. We're groaning for that moment. I'm telling you, we've got that hope deep within that this event 
is going to take place. See, right now, creation really doesn't know who you are. They can't see you for who you are because the glorification has uh, been uh, within. It's not without yet. They look at you and they still see your body of mortality. Now, there's still things that we can do. Uh, we have authority, etc. But we don't have authority over absolutely everything yet because these bodies haven't been glorified. Oh, friends, but I'm telling you, there's a day coming. Oh, there's a moment coming when all this is going to change. Listen, when you were born again, you became a child of God. But that work, while it had and has an effect on you physically, the outward man is still perishing, the Bible says. In fact, it's in 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though what? Our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. We received at the moment of our conversion, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came in and did a work. You were born again on the inside. Your spirit is brand new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things have become new inwardly. Okay? And that happened as a first fruits, as a down payment, if you will, that the body would follow suit. So here he's saying that your inward man, it's renewed every day. It's immortal now. Your spirit is immortal, but your physical body is still uh, awaiting this hope of total deliverance. The outward man, it says, is still perishing. That's the body of mortality. Mortality literally means unto death or unto decay. So that is a spiritual condition that's still connected to us bodily. So again, we received an immortal spirit, but we don't have an immortal body yet. Everybody wants immortality. I mean, name a group, pick a group. Everybody's after how do we get this body uh, to attain to immortality in the present age. Listen, friends, outside of Jesus, it's not going to happen. Outside of Jesus, it is not going to happen. He is the only source of eternal life. There is no other way outside of him. And there's people trying to get to it. They're trying to find it. They're trying to do this and that. They're not going to do it outside of him. In this natural world, we have natural bodies that are subjected to death. Romans eight sixteen it says, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs. And if heirs, then we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also, what? Be glorified together. You are not going to be glorified outside of Christ appearing. And in light of his glory, we are changed to become like him. It just, it's not going to happen outside of him. There is no way to get immortality apart from seeing him as he is and being changed and receiving a body like his, which he does by his spirit. You can't get around that. There is no other way. Nobody will attain to immortality outside of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 18, he says, For I consider that these sufferings, again, these sufferings of the present time are not to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay, again, what, what sufferings? That you're going to have to discipline the flesh. That you're going to have to put aside the cravings that 
originate out of your mortality for this natural world. You're going to have to be willing to die to this world. Remember, to not love this world, to not even be a friend of the world. Listen, if you have that blessed hope, if you have that blessed hope, then it'll be easy for you to say, I don't want anything to do with this world. Remember what he said in 1 John? Let's go there real quick, and then we'll go to 2 Corinthians. But look at 1 John chapter 2. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. He said, the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Listen, you have to be willing to say, I do not love this world. You cannot be friends with the world and expect to be friends with God. See, he's talking about, I'm going to give you access to total domination. But he says, right now, you're going to have to endure the sufferings of not falling in love with this world. I'm telling you, this world is after you, friends. This world wants you to fall in love with it. No, this is part of the sufferings, that we don't love this present ta- uh, this present time or this present age. Second Corinthians chapter 5, look at this. This is part of the blessed hope. Verse 1, 2 Corinthians 5, 1, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, our present abode, is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands. Watch this. Eternal in the heavens. Or we can say it like this. That the house or the tent or the body that God has made for us is designed for eternity. Verse 2, for in this temporary earthen body, this earthen tent, we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven, our immortal body. Listen, you're not going to get it outside. Listen, it wasn't designed for you to have an immortal body right now and go around acting like you're a God to all these mortal beings. Listen, that's not for this present age, friends. Oh, I'm telling you, the lust for power is what's getting people off. There's conduct associated with this present age. There's a reason why you're not getting that body right now. Hallelujah. Uh, There's got to be a work, a great work, a uniting with him. Hallelujah. But listen, people that, people don't, uh, uh, want anything to do with Jesus or trying to get immortality. It's not, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Trust me. It's not going to happen. He says, for in this temporary earthen body, this tent, we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, our immortal body, which is from heaven. Verse three, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked for we are, for we who are in this tent, more body, mortality groan being burdened not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me see here. Where was that at? Yeah, we read that from the Amplified. 
Uh, further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Verse five. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wow, isn't that amazing? We are groaning. For what? To be further clothed, friends. That is part of the blessed hope. Listen, I hope that that anticipation is strong on the inside of you. Listen, if it's not, there's something wrong. If you think you have obtained to everything you need in this present age, somebody, something has bewitched you, has seduced you. Listen, something glorious is going to take place. And it happens at his appearing. Oh, hallelujah. It's all dependent on him, friends. It's all dependent on him. Wow. What a savior. What a redeemer. Listen, we're out of time. We'll have to pick it up here in another episode. But thank you for tuning in. Listen, if you need prayer, friends, we got prayer people standing by. We would love to join our faith with yours. That's one thing we can do is agree with you in prayer. Hallelujah. You can call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. Or you can send an email. Hello at gracecitychurch.tv. We'll get it out to our prayer team. Somebody will respond back to you. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, my friends, be blessed.